0: You're listening to Sports Connections with David Smale, the show that brings you a fun and intimate look into connections throughout sports. Now here's your host, David Smale.
1: Terry Sexton would like nothing better than to help the Kansas State Wildcats win on the football field once again. Wide receiver for Bill Snyder's Wildcats from 2011 through 2014 will be helping Wildcats student athletes navigate the new name, image, and likeness rule, the NIL rule. And that rule, which went into effect in July 2021, allows student-athletes to promote products for pay. Big-time athletes at big-time programs and big-time sports have seven, already signed seven-figure deals. But student-athletes who aren't as well-known might need some help cashing in. And that's where Cur- Curry is stepping up. He and fellow former Wildcat receiver Aaron Lockett have formed the Wildcats Den to help student-athletes at K-State parlay their on-field experiences into off-field financial success. He joins us now to talk about how the Wildcats can benefit from an organized effort to work together for the collective good of K-State student-athletes. Curry, welcome to Sports Connections. David, thanks for having me. All right, first question. Who came up with the idea to form this this collective to help K-State student-athletes specifically?
0: So I think uh, Brian Morris, who's another guy that's involved with the group, he's the one who actually, I, I believe, actually came up with the idea um, sometime last, probably late last September or October when, when, you know, a few NIL collectives were popping up across the country. Um, I think, you know, the, the Gator collective at the University of Florida comes to mind. So Brian reached out to me, um, understanding that I was working in the NIL space a, as an attorney and asked okay. if, I, if I'd be interested in putting some, helping put something together for K-State. And I, of course, said, Absolutely. And then we we looped in Aaron because you know of his of his skill set being a, being a sports agent. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know for a few months we, we you know we we collectively you know put together a little bit of a plan. And then in the then once the calendar year term, we started having communications with the with the athletic department um, to make sure that you know that they were comfortable with what we were doing. And then um, obviously we're, we're at the stage now where we're, we're getting this thing launched and, and we'll, we'll hopefully start, you know,
1: taking off. Okay. Look, let me kind of summarize the rule as I understand it and what you're, what you guys are trying to do. The rule allows student athletes, all divisions, you don't have to be on scholarship. You don't, it doesn't, it's not, uh, it doesn't vary by sport. If they're, if they are playing uh, college sports at an NCAA institution, they can, make money off of them saying hey go buy burgers here or go buy tacos here or go buy your car here that's basically the rule right
0: yeah so basically um in in a broader sense student athletes at at any ncaa division um or in in, any ncaa division can earn compensation for any number of things um that compensation being exchanged for use of their name image Indoor um, likeness. So, um, you know, it's I think we're seeing a lot of, hey, we'll, we'll give you X amount of X amount of dollars to send out a tweet or, hey, we'll give you X amount of dollars to show up to an autograph signing. Um, you know, those are some of the common ones. But now, you know, you're seeing kids putting on putting on individual lessons or hosting camps. Um, being compensated for that these are things that the NCAA has prohibited for a really really long time yeah. and now student
1: athletes are able to to capitalize on that so it's, it's more than endorsements it's doing things they would do anyway but getting paid to do them
0: absolutely
1: okay absolutely and it's doing things
0: it's 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 ensuring that they that that they're able to participate in the market that has been monopolized by the NCAA and other and other entities, and also to ensure that they're you know, for instance, let's let's talk about there, there's been this story about and I'm not sure who the individual is, but there's been this story about a about a college athlete, um, I can't remember where specifically, but this was a guy who had a who had a, a skill set playing the guitar and singing. He was into country music, and so completely disassociated or exclusive from his athletic abilities, but because the NCAA was previously so restrictive, he could not make money playing playing gigs. So he would go out in this college town and he would and he would play gigs under a pseudonym and not right. receive any compensation. So that seems insane. This guy's making money off of a skill set that is totally distinct from his athletic skill set and the NCAA will not let him make money. Yet you know, Joe Schmo, just your, your average college kid, could, could absolutely make, con- you know, receive compensation yeah. for that same skill set. And so, you know, there, there, there are things that, have, you know, that people don't think about when they think about NIL, but that's something that comes to mind that, um, you know, makes you really
1: appreciate the changes. It, and it's interesting, Curry, because the, the, uh, there was a story recently about the, the National Player of the Year in college basketball, Oscar Shibway from Kentucky, who instead of going pro and he wasn't guaranteed to be a first round pick, so he'd be a second round pick. And if he, uh, you know, and if he didn't make it, then he'd be going to Europe. He can make more money now legally legitimately staying at Kentucky where he has that Kentucky brand than he could as a second round NBA pick or playing overseas. So it's, it's changing the landscape of sports for the good, certainly, but it's changing the landscape of sports, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I think Sheboy is a good
0: example of a kid who, you know, 12 months ago would have almost certainly left Kentucky because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you win national player of the year. You're, you, you've pretty much done all that you can do at a, at a college institution. Why not go ahead and go make money? Um, and I think we're going to see more guys who, who, you know, more of those fringe professional athletes, fringe NFL, fringe NBA guys staying around longer at their, at their collegiate institutions because they can make a little bit of money while they, you know, while enjoying, you know, the, the, the benefits of, of college sports. You yeah. know, I think of guys like, uh, you know, K-State guys, you think of a guy like Elijah Lee or, or Alex Barnes, um, and, and I know that there are others, but those are the type of guys that come to mind. Had NIL been, you know, in place when they were juniors making that decision, NIL probably, you know, not probably, but NIL might have kept those guys around. And so I think, it, you know, f- for, from that standpoint, it can be really, really good for the college game.
1: So why is it important for K-State? Obviously, I'm wearing my K-State shirt today. You know me from covering you as a player. Um, it, so we're focused today specifically on K-State. But there's a lot of K-States out there. There's schools you know, that aren't getting the Oscar sheet ways, that, that aren't Kentucky basketball or Duke basketball or Alabama football? Why is something like what you're doing needed at K-State?
0: Well, so, so the, the example I always use is, you know, for, for the last 15, 20, 25 years, because student athletes have not been permitted to receive NIL compensation, How have you recruited, how how have schools recruited student-athletes? Well, they show off jerseys and they show off facilities, um, you know, primarily. Those those are the two selling items from a recruiting standpoint. And we're at a position now where, first off, K-State's facilities, once they get the current upgrades completed, are going to be in a really, really good position um, competitively across, you know, comparatively, I guess, as you would say, you know, across the collegiate landscape. And so now, um, so I think that's first and foremost. So so with that, I think, you know, where does the money go now? Well, naturally the money is gonna flow to to NIL opportunities because that is where that is where the arms race has shifted. So instead of the arms race being in that facilities in Jersey's you know, piece or or, you know, space, it's now in the NIL space. Um, and 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 so I think you know that's I think that is um, you know, right there, that that example is, is why I think it's, it's so important at K-State because everybody's doing it. Um, you know, you hear about the Texas A&M's. You just mentioned Kentucky. You hear about these big time programs who are offering just absurd amounts of money. K-State probably will not compete with those institutions. We probably haven't ever competed with those institutions, you know, on a day to day, year to year basis because, you know, they're recruiting different calibers of athlete for various reasons. So we have to be competitive with the KUs, the Texas Techs, the Oklahoma states, the West Virginias, the Iowa states. Those schools that we compete with for recruits, we have to compete with from the from an NIL perspective. And so because of that, I think it's a, I think it's extremely vital that K-State be very, very competitive in the NIL space.
1: And and so if I understand, excuse me, understand what you guys are doing, uh, you're basically pooling the resources from one side of the people that are interested in getting a student-athlete endorsement or, or helping the student-athletes with the pool on the other side of the student-athletes that may not have the name recognition themselves, but have, hey, I play XYZ Sport at K-State. And you're grouping those together to benefit both sides where they, they might not come together without a consortium. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I
0: think what we're, what we can offer, I think is, you know, there's, it had, it's multifaceted. So I think in in one respect, you know, a, a individual or entity can approach us and say, Hey, we want to do, you know, we want to do a, a deal at X amount for, you know, for, for dues Um, you know, and that's something that we can absolutely arrange. We could broker that or, or if if, if the individual or entity doesn't want to be involved in the agreement, we can, we can directly, uh, contract with the, with the individual student athlete. Mm -hmm. Or, um, alternatively, if, if an individual or entity just says, Hey, here's X amount of money, I don't care where it goes, send it to a K-State athlete. Well, we consider that money to be placed in the unallocated bucket. And so once we get, you know, you know, some money in the unallocated bucket, well, we're going to strategically we're going to we're going to consider strategically where that money should go. And so we may look at, hey, who's a who's a, you know, under the radar or, you know, really, really strong athlete at K-State who maybe hasn't got a lot of activity in the NIL space or hey, which, which, you know, athletics program at K-State hasn't really received a lot of NIL, um, NIL above. And so we may direct it to those sports or those individuals to make sure that the wealth is being spread. Because I think, you know, it's, it's, while, while it's, you know, easy to focus on football, men's and women's basketball, et cetera. Um, I think it's, it's important to, you know, to have a, a well-rounded athletics program. And so, um, while, while those, while the, while the revenue generating sports are probably going to receive the bulk of the NIL money, um, we do intend to try to trick, you know, trickle it down, spread it
1: around. And so it's, it's really in, in its purest sense, it's strength in numbers, strength in numbers from the student athlete perspective. And also, you know, if I wanted, if I wanted to pay uh, any athlete at K-State to, to promote my, my podcast. And I don't really care which one it is. That gives me that opportunity. I don't have to research who's who's the best guy or or girl to do this. That's a great example. Absolutely.
0: I mean, you could have you know you could pay any anybody to say, "Hey, come on my podcast," or "Hey, send out a couple tweets promoting my podcast." I mean, you can get creative. At the end of the day, the NCAA makes just a couple prohibitions. Um, The policy has a couple of prohibitions, and one of those is just that it can't, the NIL activity can't be pay for play. And so, how do you avoid that? Well, you provide a service in exchange for the compensation. And that service can be as simple as a tweet or, or as, 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 you know, maybe as extensive as multiple podcast appearances. I mean, it just depends on what the, what the, what the, what the paying entity or individual determines
1: to be fair market value and whether the student athlete agrees. But you and I'll have to talk when we're through recording. So (laughs) because I like that. I like that idea. You know, you said something a little bit ago uh, that that caused me to chuckle a little bit. You said everybody's doing it. And for a long time, that was justification for cheating. Well, everybody's doing it now. It's legal. Everybody's doing it. We need to figure out how we can do it to benefit in this case, to benefit K-State and K-State student athletes the most. Absolutely absolutely again it's you're, you're right
0: I mean that that was a justification for, for cheating for so many years but but truly in this Nil space everybody's getting involved whether they're whether they're doing it the right way or not yeah um, mm-hmm. people are getting involved so I think it's I think it's great that K State is going to have an Nil presence because um, that's going to pay dividends with recruiting it's going to pay dividends
1: with retention it's funny I remember. I've written several books uh, on K-State. I've written 24 total, but four of them on K-State. And one of them was, was called uh, The Purple Pinnacle, The Top 40 Athletes in K-State History. And I interviewed Lynn Dickey uh, for, uh, as one of my 40 athletes. And he talked to me about when he was a rookie with the Houston Oilers. And he was still driving the old pickup truck he bought when he was in high school. And it was old when he bought it. And it was older when he was a rookie. And he was talking about getting a car. And all the other rookies that played at SMU and Alabama and, you know, whatever, were like, well, just use the one you got for playing in college. Like What you got? You got a car for playing in college. And it was just so foreign to him because K-State didn't cheat. And I I think it's, you know, you, you, you can argue on both sides of this. Should student athletes be paid? I'm on your side with it, that student athletes should be paid. But there's a lot of people that say getting a free education is payment. But the fact is, now this is allowed. Let's use this to the advantage of the university. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know there's something to be said about doing things the right way. And I think K
0: State, just generally, the culture of K State is to attract people that align with K State's values. Yeah. Um, so even though even though there's always going to be people crossing that line, I think K State has has and always will look for those student athletes who don't want to cross that line, yeah. um, which I th- which I think is valuable. Um, and then, you know, to, to your point of, well, uh, you know, a full scholarship should be a, you know, should be, should be sufficient. I get that. I do. Um, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody discards the importance and the value of a full scholarship. However, you you look at the, let's look at March Madness, for instance, that's the NCAA's big money. maker. Mm-hmm. March Madness, the NCAA Nets or maybe gross is the NCAA brings in about a billion dollars each March Madness. And none of that money goes to the student athletes yet the NCAA's, you know, for, for that full four week period, they're pushing these student athletes faces out on everything, commercial one shining moment, et cetera. The money comes in because of those student athletes. It comes in because March Madness is incredible, but it comes in because the student athletes who make it incredible. And so the fact that the NCAA these TV, you know, these TV media companies, the conferences, the institutions, et cetera, are just making tons and tons of money. And none of that trickles down to the people who make it possible is, is, is a travesty in my mind. And so um, I think a scholarship is tremendous, but student athletes have always been exploited, um, you know, by, by the, by the NCAA and other, and other, you know, entities. And so I think it's good that they're finally having a, you know, a seat at the table, Um, because I think that's, you know, that's, that's long been overlooked. And so, um, I think, again, I I think the the scholarship is great, but, but uh, again, I like to use analogies or examples to, to demonstrate the, you know, maybe the absurdity of, of previous, um, positions. If, if you have a kid, you know, so, so full scholarship student athletes receive full scholarships because they have a talent. If you have a kid who who goes to K-State or any or any collegiate institution and receives a full scholarship because they are very, very intelligent um, or have a skill set that is not athletic related, that individual can obviously reap the benefits of that full scholarship, but they can go out and get a job. They can go out and tutor people for money. They can use their skill set or 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 any other unrelated skill set and receive compensation for that. But for some odd reason, student athletes have always been very very restricted in what they can do and what they can make money from if if a if a if a general student goes out to dinner at Taco Lucha and some stranger across the room buys their meal for whatever reason that's okay for the longest time if a student athlete was out at dinner at Taco Lucha in a in a in a person across the room whether they knew they were a student athlete or not purchased their dinner that was an NCAA violation and so from from a from an equity standpoint, things have always been skewed yeah. in a way that student athletes have been disadvantaged, and so um, I get it. I think, scho- you know, s- scholarships are tremendous, but um, I-, I think you know there there has been an exploitation um, for many years.
1: I-, I agree with you, Curry. I-, I remember my very first book was called "The Ahern Tradition" on K-State basketball in Ahern Fieldhouse, and because of that, I got to know the team in '88. And uh, Steve Henson became a good friend of mine. And I was I was driving around Manhattan and I saw Steve and I looked like he was late to class or something. And so I pulled over and I said, you need a ride. And he said, yeah. And he jumped in my car and I took him to took him over to the whatever building he was headed to. And then I had to stop by the athletic department. And I told the sports information director that I'd run into Steve, gave him a ride. He goes, "Uh oh, that's a that's a minor recruiting violation. I said, he's already here. He goes, yeah, but he, you provided an extra benefit. I said, because he's a friend of mine, not because he plays basketball. And he said, yeah, we're really supposed to report that that happened. And I said, well, would it help if I just randomly picked up a college student who wasn't an athlete and took him or her to class? He said, actually, we need you to do that so we can show that it was not an extra benefit for a student athlete. So that, that's how ludicrous the rules got. Uh, Yeah. yeah. So let me switch gears though. I, and, and there's going to be people who, who will take this side of it, that this is a new rule set up for recruiting violations. What are some of the pitfalls of the new rule? Yeah.
0: I mean, I think that's a fair, that's a fair concern. That's a fair point. I think we're already seeing, um, I think we're already seeing people cross the line in that recruiting space. So again, the NCAA basically has two prohibitions. I mentioned one um, being the the fair or the pay for play, and then the second one is that that the NIL compensation cannot be um, you know used as a as a recruiting inducement. But yeah, we're, right.
1: already,
0: yeah, we're already seeing that. Um, I mean, you you hear you hear about the Texas A and M. Uh, 2022 recruiting class and and, you know I think they were ranked number one and you know on certain on certain media platforms Um, they they supposedly allegedly spent about 30 million dollars on this class Um, and so it, it really has quickly transformed from hey the student athletes you know deserve some some you know compensation for their NIL to how can we buy recruiting classes how can we um, you know, how can we utilize this NIL rule to, to buy, you know, to buy recruits. And so I think that in and of itself is one of the biggest pitfalls of this, of the, of the NIL policy. Um, you know, there are people are sophisticated out there. People, you know, business people understand how to, you know, how to manipulate things in order to, to best avoid, you know, problems. And, and so I think that coupled with the fact that the NCAA is a little bit gun um, given, you know, the, the Alston decision last year and, and some of the, the language and, and, and the concurring opinion. Um, and so I think to some extent, people are testing the NCAA and saying, hey, you know, we don't think you're gonna come after us, so we're gonna probably push the limits. And so I do think that's one of my biggest frustrations with the early stages of NIL is that is that people are already abusing it, um, as we probably should
1: have expected. But I don't know if anybody expected it to be so pervasive, so fast. Well, the number—if I'm not mistaken—the number one overall recruit in in for the, I guess, for this coming season, uh, and maybe I've got my facts wrong, ended up signing at Jackson State because one, Deion Sanders is the coach. Two, he got a really sweet NIL deal. I mean, that's the, that's the rumor, that's the the scuttlebutt about it. But that's a I mean the number one recruit is not going to Jackson State. no disrespect intended without that Nil deal.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a great example. Um, and I know Florida State fans are fired up, you know because of that. Um, and then you know, you look at I think there's a kid who's a 2023 recruit out of California quarterback, one of the top recruits in the country. He received, I think he received eight million dollars from an unknown, unknown collective out there and so so the way that this was apparently structured um to avoid it being a recruiting inducement was this collective this collective paid him eight million dollars and said we don't care where you go you know they they obviously were we're a collective of a specific institution but they said you'll get this money wherever you go. So it's, so it wasn't a, it wasn't a recruiting inducement because it wasn't, Hey, if you enroll at this institution, you're going to receive this much money was you're going to receive this much money no matter where you go, but you're going to give up, you're going to give up your exclusive NIL rights. So this kid got 8 million bucks. Who knows if he enrolled at the institution is affiliated with the, with the, with the collective, but he, he gave up his, his, Exclusive NIL rights, meaning that eight million dollars is, is all he's going to get over the course of his collegiate career. Oh
1: um, man, how does he survive? You know? Yeah,
0: yeah, true, <laughs> true. But but just just an example of the yeah. way that a recruiting inducement is structured to avoid it being a you know a violation of NCAA policy, and also an example of a, a of a a a deal that probably is not to the athlete's benefit. Sure, eight million dollars is an incredible amount of money. But if that kid goes to Tennessee and sets the world on fire, he's going to have been underpaid.
1: Yeah. And and I understand that, that, you know, okay, we don't you're going to get the money either way, whether you whether you sign for this school or not. But it's pretty much assumed that he's getting that money and they expect him to sign at that school. Certainly, certainly. Okay. So how can schools make sure they're in compliance with the rules? And I I should ask a compliance guy, but you're on, you're on this side of it. So how can schools make sure that they're in compliance?
0: Well, so one of the requirements generally across the board is that is that every single deal be disclosed to the institution. Um, And that's, that's an, that's a state law generally, or, or in states like Kansas where there is no NIL state law, that's an institutional rule. So the way that schools are, are attempting to ensure compliance is, stu- you know, each school has a specific requirement that the that, that disclosure of every deal be made at a certain point in time. Some schools require disclosure to be made before the contract is executed or before payment is made. Some schools are, hey, you got to disclose within 72 hours of execution of the contract. Um, and so that's the that's sort of the safeguard that's been put in place to, to ensure compliance. However, um, you know, we, we based on our involvement in the space, we've we very cl- quickly learned that, that these deals aren't being disclosed um, by and large. I, I don't know what the, what the actual numbers are, but um, uh, w- you know, one of our, one of our conference clients um, who, you know, who's, who's involved in the NIL space, its institutions are involved in the NIL space. They had some data run, and I think that you know the, the the numbers came out to about fifty percent of NIL deals were being reported to the institution, um, and so obviously the institution can't do anything to ensure compliance if they have no idea what's going on. Right. Um, and so that's that's sort of a that's that's a touchy touchy subject, and and I think it's it would be my hope that that these student athletes are are disclosing because disclosure is going to is going to protect their their eligibility if they're out just willy-nilly engaging in deals um, and not disclosing them and, and happen to engage in a deal that is that is not permissible, well, guess what? Your ability to receive NIL compensation is probably going to be impacted by your ineligibility. So yeah. I think the disclosure ultimately protects both the institution and the student-athlete. So I think it's it's important that the, that
1: the deals be disclosed. So how, how, how does your current role as an attorney help in this in in your role here with the with this uh the wildcats den
0: yeah so again we you know we we have a we have an nil practice at our firm so we me and another guy last you know last june july when this policy change is going to go into effect um we we created a program um within our within our firm that we coined empower you um, that, you know, we, we, we are, we provide educational compliance related services to, to certain clients of ours in the NIL space. And so for the last nine, nine plus months, um, we have been, we have been heavily involved in the NIL space. And so I have a, I have a really good understanding of the landscape. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think, you know, obviously, you know, I'm able to, 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 You know draft contracts and things of that nature in a way that that makes them compliant um, and and really protects the student athlete. Um, And so I think you know just my involvement, just my 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 legal expertise, and then my involvement in the space will help. You know gives me a gives me a really good grasp on this this NIL space.
1: So basically, you're the with your firm, you guys are helping a lot of different institutions in the NIL space but the Wildcats Den is exclusive just to K-State and you're not doing that for other schools.
0: Yeah, so currently the, the K-State, the Wildcats Den is the only collective that we're involved with. Um, but, but we, again, we have a pretty robust sports and entertainment practice at the firm. And, and um, we, have a, we represent a lot of primarily Division II, Division three clients, and, and we have represented them in the um, class action concussion litigation that's going on across the country. And so, when this NIL stuff became a possibility, we started tracking it um, pretty closely. And uh, and and ultimately, when 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 the policy changes went into effect last July, uh, we we launched a service that we coined Empower You, um, through which we we advise um, Division Two, primarily Division Two conferences and in their institutions on. On nil on nil, we we provide educational resources. We provide pl- we provide compliance
1: based resources. So this is this
0: is a space that I've become very familiar with.
1: Okay, um, now you had a, a good career at, at K State, especially your senior year. I had, when I look back on it, I didn't realize how good you were your senior year. Seventy nine catches for a thousand and fifty nine yards and five touchdowns. So you have a, you have a chance to contribute even more with this new program. Is is your time at K-State why you're focusing this attention on, on the Wildcats then?
0: Yeah, certainly. Certainly. I, uh, you know, I, I, I grew up a big K-State fan and then obviously had four, four really, really solid years there. um, And, and really hold, hold K-State, you know, close to my heart. So, um, you know, I, 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 being involved in this space, I understood um, the importance of K-State having an involvement in the NIL space, in the collective space. And so absolutely, my intention was to to do whatever I could to help, you know, help promote K-State and help help to ensure that K-State remains competitive.
1: So how can people who want to support K-State student-athletes do so within the rules? Yeah, so I mean, you know, really there's, again, there's not a lot of restrictions.
0: Um, So, you know there there are a number of ways in which K State K State you know supporters can assist K State student athletes. So to the extent you have you know K State supporters have a you know have have a relationship or a connection with student athletes, they can reach directly out to the student athletes and say, "Hey, I want to do an NIL deal." Um, K State has partnered with Open Doors, um, which is a which is a a technology platform, you know, that the, the directly deals with NIL, um, supporters could, could go through open doors to, to arrange a deal. And now, you know, you're starting to see these collectives pop up. So obviously, okay. we've, you know, we're launching a collective. Um, and then I think there's a, there's at least one other K-State based collective out there with, with um, Jesse Ertz and, and a couple of couple more recent grads. And so, you know, supporters of K-State can reach out to, to you know, the collectives and, and contribute money. Um, our, our website should actually be going live today. Um, and so people can go on there and they can directly contribute via the website and they can give, you know, people can give any, any sum of money. It can be, it can be, you know, very small and it can, or it can be very big. And when when they're when people are going through the process of contributing money, they'll be asked a couple of questions. Specifically, they'll be asked, "Hey, where do you want this? You know, where do you want this money to go?" And they'll be able to click a drop-down menu that's gonna that's gonna list out every every single sport at K State, and then they'll be able to add it, plug in some comments that 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 may, um, you know, that will allow them to provide some specificity okay I want it to go to this specific student athlete or these these few specific
1: student athletes or I want I played offensive line in high school I want to go to the offensive lineman
0: yeah. Or, like that. or, or, Hey, I, I, you know, I have a business and I want something in exchange or I, you know, I want, I want, you know, Felix and DK to come to my, my, my seventh grade sons like football practice or yeah. it, any number of things they can plug into those comments. And so, um, you know, there, again, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of restrictions. I mean, there's a lot of ways in which people can, can contribute. Um, I think the collectives are the easiest way. Um, just yeah. because you have a you have a a a built-in you know a built-in platform that's going to be able to very easily um, you know arrange the services, make the payments, everything else, um, and I think at the end of the day, the collectives are the collectives are a unified a unified source that that allow K State you know K
1: State supporters to to very easily get involved. It's basically this this decades or this generations. Facilities arms race, isn't
0: it? Yeah, it's exactly right. That's that's the analogy that I use. I think it's uh, kids aren't going to care about kids aren't going to care about facilities and jerseys as much as they used to. They're going to want to know what what nil opportunities am I going to have. And yeah. so it's important for K State to be able to say, even though K State can't, you know, isn't going to be directly involved, it's important for them to be able to say, well, we have a partnership with Open Doors hey, we have X number of collectives that are out there trying to, you know, trying to help you guys out. Um, it's it's important for them to be able to point, point to the, to the you know, possibilities, the opportunities within the NIL space, because that's ultimately what's going to entice recruits.
1: You mentioned your website. What is your website?
0: So the, the website is just the wildcatsden.com. Um, and we have, you know, we have Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook accounts um, or Facebook page that, you know, that will be actively run. Um, information will be available on those. And then um, Aaron and, and Brian Morris and myself will be active on, on our own social media platforms. Yep. Um, and so if anybody has any questions, we just urge them to reach out and,
1: and, and we'd be happy to, to talk talk through things with them. How will you determine if this is successful?
0: it's a great question. Um, I think success would be, I think, I think we would, we would consider this to be a success if, if K-State, um, you know, if, if, if it, if it boosts K-State to, to new heights, I think, um, you know, if, if K-State can go out and if, if K-State at, you know, in, in the NIL era can go out and, and compete for, for conference championships and hopefully someday a national championship, um, and we can, we can directly attribute that in part to, to NIL. Um, I think that will, we would consider that a success.
1: So it's somewhat nebulous. You, you can't say if we get this many recruits or we get this much money or we get this, it's just, can we, you know, K-State for years has been competitive against the big boys because of hard work, because of good coaching, because of athletes like yourself, like Jordy Nelson, like, you know, I, we could just go down, John McGraw, go down the list of of guys who were expected to walk on, who ended up being really, really successful because of the hard work. And and you mentioned it very early on guys who bought into the, to the attitude and the ethics and the the work, you know, what basically bought into the right things uh, when they did that. So it's really not about numbers. It's about competition and and staying competitive with the big boys, even with the obstacles that K-State has.
0: Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's all relative. So we could, you know, we could raise, we could raise $5 million. Um, but if, if every other institution is, is raising more than that and is getting better recruits and is out competing us um, then that, then that would be, you know, then that wouldn't be a success. Yeah. Obviously, you know, it, it would be, there would be small successes involved in, in that um, because you would be, you know, you would be filling the pockets of student athletes Um but ultimately success is going to be measured by K-State's, you know, K-State's ability to compete on a, on a regional and, 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 you know, on a conference regional national scale.
1: All right. I want to wrap up with a few personal things. Um, how, what are some of the highlights of your playing career at K-State? I mean, you, you mentioned you're from Salina, is that correct? Or Abilene? Abilene, Abilene, Abilene. Yeah. And you always wanted to play at K-State and then you, and you were going to actually go, if I read it correctly, going to go to an Ivy League school. So obviously you're a smart dude, but you got the call from Coach Schneider that he wanted you to come to K State. What were the highlights? Some of the highlights of your career playing at K State. Yeah, I mean there there
0: there are very very many. Uh, fortunately, I played in a in a time in an era in which you know we we had a lot of success. Um, you know, 2011 was a really fun season. That was my freshman year, and um, you know I had that the Texas A&M game was sort of my first game to make an impact on the offensive side of the, of the ball. That was the four-overtime game. Yep, yep. So that was a fun one. That was probably my first – I mean, I, there were that wasn't my first significant memory because there were so many games that year that were just incredible. But then I think, you know, the 2012 Big 12 championship year, that was incredible. Obviously, the Baylor loss was devastating. But to win the Big 12 um, at home – you know, the last game in which the, the old Deb Nelson press box was standing, that was pretty remarkable. Um, and then, you know, I think obviously there the were individual accomplishments that I, that I couldn't have ever expected. I mean, my senior year was just a sort of a dream, um, you know, to play alongside Tyler and and to, you know, to, to have so many big games and big moments and, and uh, you know, make it on the ESPN top sports center, top 10. And, and, you know, to become the, the only duo, the only duo with Tyler and K state history to have, you know, two receivers in a single season, go over a thousand yards. So many of that stuff. I mean, I, 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 you know, if I would have, if my career would have ended after my junior season um, where I had like a total of 50 catches, I would have been, I would have been satisfied because I, I went there and I did things that a lot of people never suspected but my senior year was, was essentially icing on the cake. Um, things really exploded for me. And, 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 um, you know, I think helped create a legacy for me that I don't think I ever expected. Um, and so, so the, you know, the, the, the recognition and, and platform that I now have because of that, I think is, uh, has all been just tremendous. And, and, and again, it's just stuff that I never expected.
1: Uh, what are you, Put on your scouts hat. What are your expectations for the cats this fall? I think you know it, it, it's always hard to say, but I think you know there's
0: there's I think this is probably the year that I've been the most excited in the climate era. I think we have um, a lot of pieces, um, you know, and I think the Big Twelve is up for grabs this year, maybe more than it has been because of the the Lincoln Riley exit, um, right? And 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 you know Texas, you know, maybe still being a little bit down. So I think you know I'm I'm really excited. I think. You know, I think we have a really good offensive line, which which for me as an offensive guy, I think is is always is always yeah. first and foremost. Um, I'm really excited about the duo with with Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn. I think that's going to you know, that's going to be a one 2 punch that um, Skyler was obviously an incredible quarterback. But, yeah. you know, least running the ball. I think we're going to have a, a one 2 punch. that's going to be, you know, unmatched across the country. And I think with our offensive line, that's going to it's going to really set itself up nicely. And then I think on defense we have some really nice pieces. Um, I think we have, we have two or three edge rushers that are as good as they get across the Big 12 with Felix and, and Khalid Duke and Nate Matlack. Um, I think we have, you know, one of the best linebackers in the big 12 and Daniel green. And then I think we have a couple of the best cornerbacks in the big 12. And so if we can get some, you know, if we can get some contributions, um, at, you know, at, at other spots, you know, thinking receiver safety, um, defensive tackle, maybe, maybe some of the other linebacker spots that is going to propel us to, to, you know, I think to a really, really strong season. I'm hopeful that we'll finish in the top two or three of the big 12, uh, maybe get to 10 wins.
1: I think those are some of the expectations that I would have. I was kind of hoping you would, you would give me a little bit of insight. That was pretty good. I, I've got to write a preview uh, for one of the, one of the national magazines. I may just copy what you just said and, and send it in. That that was pretty good, man. Um, so I'll always wrap up with two things. First of all, tell me about your family. How's, how's married life? It's good. We actually just had our first, uh,
0: We had our first kid uh, two weeks ago today. Congratulations! Um, So we have a two week, we have a two week old girl at home. um, And and that's just been awesome. You know, obviously you you hear about, you hear about the joys of of having kids. And so to, to experience that has just been incredible. Uh, Married life has been awesome. We're coming up on three years and and, um, my wife is a really, you know, she's really great. Um, Really, you know, just, just a huge blessing to me. Um, and, and we, you know, we live in a house and, in, in, in the, and right near the plaza in Kansas city. And we have a, we have a, a dog that we really, really love. And, and now we've added a, you know, our first, our first child to the mix. And so, so from the familial perspective, life has been great. Um, I, I can't
1: complain. I've been, I've been, um, significantly
0: blessed in my time.
1: All right. And then this is always my last question and I've gotten responses, all ranges of the spectrum. Uh, and even a lot of times people ask, what do you mean by that? And I, and I will just say, yes, <laughs> what's your legacy?
0: What's my legacy. Uh, that's, that's, that, that is a tough one. Um, you know, I think, I mean, are you talking at K-State or, 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 you know, in what, in what respect are you talking legacy? And that's where I say, yes, you okay. interpret it however you want.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: I mean, I think my legacy at you know, at K-State is a, is a you know, I think I think I, I epitomized student athlete um, in a lot of ways. You know, I was a I was a four time first team All Big Twelve academic student athlete. Um, I was a, my senior year I was second team academic All American. Um, I received a number of, of academic accolades, um, and 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 received two degrees, two business degrees during my during my time at K State. Um and then I think from from the you know from the other side of things, from the athlete side of things, I I think I left a pretty um you know, I think I left a pretty strong legacy. Um I I finished in the you know top ten of a lot of records at K-State, if not the top, you know, three or four um, you know, hundred yard games, thousand yard seasons, um catches in a season, a lot of different stats, you know, where I'm up there with people like Tyler Lockett and Jordy Nelson and Michael Smith um, Kevin Lockett. And so, so just to be mentioned in the same breath as those folks, I think is, is something that a lot of people probably don't understand, but, 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 um, you know, also didn't expect. So I think, I think I've, you know, I think I've hopefully left the legacy of being the epitome of a student athlete and also being a, you know, a good teammate and a good community member. Um, that's, that's been my, that was always my goal. And, and, and so anything else was sort of, um, again, icing on the cake. So, um, I you know that that's kind of where I would put it, but I, I guess you know you sort of leave the legacy
1: talk up to other people. Yep. Well, that's a great way of doing it. I've had I've had some really interesting answers. Uh, Bobby Bell, the Chiefs Hall of Famer, had the best answer ever. He said, "I want to live my life so the preacher doesn't have to lie at my funeral."
0: <laughs> that's funny. That's a great one. That's
1: yeah. a great one. All right, Curry. Well, I appreciate your time. This is really. I mean, this is. I mean, this is ground moving in terms of college, college athletics, you know, back to even when they was first started giving out athletic scholarships used to be all scholarships were based on academics. And then, Hey, we could give guys and gals scholarships strictly for athletics. This is, this is another movement at that level. And I appreciate you taking the time to explain it. Uh, I wish as a K-Stater, obviously I wish you much success in this. Hope you Help the Wildcats uh, move onward and forward. But thank you for taking the time to join us.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you giving me an opportunity and, and chatting with me. Um, yeah, I look forward to seeing where this thing goes, and and really appreciate you giving us a platform to talk about to talk about what we're doing. All righty, thanks very much. Thanks, David. Thanks for listening to Sports Connections with David Smale. Make sure to subscribe, follow, and rate the show from your favorite podcast platform. You can learn more about David Smale and his work by visiting davidsmailbooks.com. Don't forget to join us weekly for new
1: episodes. Until next time.